Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. You'll find a few different kinds of material on the podcast. Most episodes will be teachings that have been recorded in many different settings, including discipleship classes, missionary training schools, Bible schools, and church conferences. You'll also find episodes where Stephanie and I talk about practical life topics and invite you to listen to our own process and perspectives on how we experience Jesus on a daily basis in every area of our lives. We also have some episodes that include interviews with special guests who will share from their own experiences with the Lord. Altogether, we believe this podcast will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you will be strengthened in your own relationship with Jesus. Hi guys, welcome back to the Equippers International podcast. We uh, are, are recording on location again. Uh, we always record on location. We're always in a location when we record, but truly we're on location the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've been in Switzerland and now we're in Italy. Quite a, a destination, obviously a tourist destination, but not a bad ministry destination as well. So we are here in Naples, Italy. Never been to Naples before, and we are here with some brand new friends, Mr. Heath Young and Stefania, his wife. We both ha- we have wives that have the same name. That's right. Yep. So Heath, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Good. So Heath. Um, well, let's let Heath, I always like the, the guests to just tell their own story. I don't want to put words in his mouth. So Heath, just take a couple minutes in your own way and just put your life in context for the hearer, you know, wherever you want to start is fine. Just let the Lord lead you and just tell us who you are, what you're about, uh, a little bit about your family, any, anything you want to share, just let us know something about you. Okay. Uh, my name is Heath Young. I'm originally from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way God got me to Italy was I found a beautiful Italian wife. Well, there you go. I was, <laughs> I met her in 2010. I chased her for several years and finally we got married. And so I moved here in 2016 before that. Uh, I think I started preaching, teaching, around 1999 or 2000 then i went to ministry school launched out full-time in about 2003 uh been to quite a few nations doing teaching preaching different types of ministry in the nations uh at first i admit i was i was going to mostly uh third world countries they were really hungry for the gospel uh, we saw a lot of fruit, but then finally God started sending me to Europe, probably about 2007 or eight. And uh, so I went from sleeping in hammocks on floors, you know, you name it out in the bush to now I've got a nice bed and air conditioner. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of joked around with people, but I'm like, hey, I'm a backslid. You know, what's going on here? <laughs> You know, this is too nice. Shaking the call. Yeah. So then I go back to the Philippines and Thailand on a trip, and uh, I thought the Philippines part was going to be really rough, and really, really, it was in the summer. It was going to be really, really hot. 
And uh, so our first stop in the Philippines, they take me to the highest place in the Philippines, and that's where our hotel was, in the mountains where it was cool. Oh, wow. And a nice hotel. And then they take us back down. We ministered there for a few days. They take us back down the mountain to a big city, and they literally put us in a huge five-star hotel. And I'm thinking, I thought this was going to be one of the hardest trips of my life. And now they got to sell us up. But God moved. I mean, it was an amazing trip. The Holy Spirit moved powerfully. That's cool. And uh, and so God started bringing me to Europe. So in Europe, even though the, you know, the accommodations are a little bit nicer, you know, they need Jesus. Yes, and they do. They need, we need Jesus in America as well. I'm not saying we don't. If We need Jesus as bad as we've ever needed him in America. But... You know, God in this season, you know, one man prophesied to me, go west, young man. Well, God in this season of my life has me ministering mostly in the west. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting in Italy. We work with a local church. We help pastor it. We also do itinerant ministry. And uh, in Italy, uh, we also, we've been the I've been to several European countries in the past, but since I've been married, I've only ministered in Germ Germany outside of Italy. But okay. we have plans to travel throughout Europe, especially Western Europe, and we'll go to some other countries as well. But right now, our focus is mainly Italy, especially with COVID and travel and so yeah. forth. You know, right now we're focusing on, on Italy. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, uh, it's funny how the Lord works. Uh, mm -hmm. So we didn't know anything about Heath until uh, about three months ago when a friend of ours in Oklahoma was talking to me and is a friend of Heath's. And, you know, those of you who know me know well that we're, we're strong in the relationship and connectedness and, and allowing the Lord to, to, to just bring people at the mm -hmm. right time and the right, you know, reasons. And just hearing Heath talk, you know, so much of what he's sharing just resonates in my heart. And, um, yeah, just just to say, you know, it's a real honor to be connected to you and to be, you know, I, I find it refreshing to just uh, to just connect and fellowship with like minded men. Um, I, I, so I don't want to get off too much on this on the episode, but I, I, I'm always convinced that people listening to this thing are listening for a reason. And I think. Uh, one thing just immediately I want to stress is, you know, just the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to really direct and lead us in our seasons. I love what you said about you went from sleeping on dirt floors and hammocks, you know, to being mm -hmm. in air conditioners and what, whatever it looks like, you know, and um, and I don't know what the next season of our life looks like. I know I'm still going to do a lot of stuff in Africa, but the Lord is seeming to do some shifting for us. And so it's just refreshing to hear your journey and your process. Okay, enough said about that. What I always like to ask people on the show is, you know, can you just maybe share with with us what, what for lack of a better term, what's your passion? Where's your heartbeat? What, what in the Lord... For ministry, what what motivates Heath? What's what's resonating in your spirit? What's pulsating from the Lord in this mm -hmm. season, maybe, or maybe in your in your whole journey? Always is it it's yeah. some 
dominant guiding thing or yeah. where just share something let's see where the holy spirit leads us in that gotcha i th- i think in my early ministry you know i started out i was doing a lot of teaching and preaching uh i operated a lot in the healing ministry and god gave me a lot of fruit there and then gradually the prophetic started opening up to me more and more mm. and so in my in 99 and 2000, I had different prophetic ministers give me words about being a, a in the teaching ministry and the prophetic ministry. Mm. And so consequently in Italy now, what I've done is I have a, I have translated into Italian, a healing school, cool. a prophetic school and a school on counseling and deliverance. Nice. And so my goal is is not just to see people advance in their ability to see and hear the voice of God mm-hmm. or even just to minister his voice or to see people healed or see people delivered, but it's to equip people so they can equip others. Amen. And so, yes, I want to equip people that they are seeing more in those areas but I want to equip them. And why healing, deliverance, and the prophetic? Because that's what you do to people. That's the ministry. So in, to me, in ministry, we have there's two phases. There's one, our personal relationship, our mm-hmm. vertical relationship, mm-hmm. where you find King David as a boy. God trained his heart in intimacy. Mm-hmm. But then he also taught his hands to war. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm constantly here trying to equip our people as as well as I'm always being taught by the Lord also and by others, but I'm constantly trying to equip people, their heart, give them a kingdom mindset that the, you know, the pastor is is not a Pope. The building is not the church, Mm. the audience, you know, that the church members are not an audience just for the pastor to speak to. Yeah. But that we have apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for the equipping Amen. of the ministry and then the edifying of the body. Amen. So I'm constantly trying to there's sometimes I find myself more trying to equip in the prophetic. There's sometimes when over here it's more healing. And then sometimes we have people come to our house. They have deliverance issues. They have a a covenant with darkness in their past. They play with a Ouija board They're They don't know why they're hearing all these voices in their head. And we say, you know, like Jesus said, how long has he had this problem? And then we trace it back. The, they went to this lady and she gave them tarot cards. Yep. We renounced that. And all of a sudden they stop hearing these voices. Yep. You know, we've had people that set been set free from, traumatic you know i like the uh i like for people to have a baptism of truth you know jesus Mm. said you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free and then romans 16 20 says the god of peace shall soon crush satan under your Mm. feet so i tell people any area of your life where you know truth and you have peace you're free that's because when the enemy comes at you if you have peace and you know truth you're free Mm-hmm. And so in our daily life, if we have something happen to us after we're born again, we say, 
Jesus, this person betrayed me. This happened. You know, how do I see this? You say, what's the truth, Jesus? Mm. You know, David would sit before the Lord in the book of Chronicles and say, who am I, Lord, that you would do these things for me? Mm -hmm. And so instead of stuffing things down, we bring them to the light. That's right. And we let God wash us with the water of the word, mm -hmm. and he heals us. Kind of like uh, Michael Brown used to teach us in Bible school. Michael Brown's a Jewish, he's a Messianic Jew, I guess, in a sense. Mm. I mean, he's Jewish in his background. And he would say the Jews, they would go out, and they would get their feet would get dirty. They were wearing sandals, our modern-day flip-flops or whatever. They yep. were wearing sandals. They would come back, and before they went to sleep or when they went in their house, they would wash their feet. So Jesus told Peter, hey, unless I wash your feet, you know, you're going to have no part of me. In other words, wash yourself with the word. Yes. When you walk out into the world and you go do battle, you need to come back and let the Lord wash you. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is, is there's sometimes people that they're washing themselves in the present, but they're still living out of something that happened 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, why do I always have this anxiety? Why do I always have this fear? And then you say, well, ask the Holy Spirit, when did this first start happening? And then they remember, hey, when I was 20 years old, somebody tried to violate me. Hmm. Okay, let's forgive that person. What's the lie that, you, that you're living out of now that you believe from that happening? Yep. Now, Jesus, tell me the truth. Hmm. Now, there's sometimes a prophetic ministry that God will uncover that. Right. And then the person will be free. But a lot of times you don't need a prophet. You can just ask the Holy Spirit, when is this negative thinking? When did it start in my life? That mm -hmm. Jesus was the truth. So mm -hmm. sometimes it takes an experience with God to heal an experience. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that we are, I, I told mm -hmm. our people a while back, I do believe that we are righteous by faith. But And I do believe that if, if I sin tomorrow, I'm not in danger of losing my salvation. But at the same time, I know that there's sometimes judgments against authority figures that I'm reaping that I need to renounce. Mm. Sometimes there's covenants in my past where I might have played with a Ouija board. I might have done this that I need to renounce because even though I'm in the righteous column, Mm. And I'm right with the Father. Mm. I'm still there's hooks in me from just letting stuff go. Yeah, you know. So I like to keep a short account when I do stuff and put the blood on stuff, so I don't keep reaping that stuff. But there's sometimes you know there's things in the past that I'm still reaping, whether it's sinned against where I might have been sinned against. It's not all mm -hmm. the time I sure. do stuff like I might have done some witchcraft or something like mm. that. But maybe somebody tried to violate me, mm -hmm. and because of that traumatic experience, yeah. I'm believing a lie that I am a reject. Right. And I need God to speak tenderly to me and mm -hmm. say, no, you're not. You're yep. my son, mm. and establish that correct identity in mm -hmm. me. And then a lot of times you don't have to rebuke the devil. You just, yeah. when he speaks that into you, then mm. the oppression from the enemy, that heaviness it falls off yeah yeah it's really good sure there's so many things uh, as always I, I love to just connect on to things there's so many things here you've shared that just really resonate with me i think it's you know one, one thing that's encouraging is you started out and you started talking about 
equipping people, you know, that's obviously our heart. It's the name of our ministry. You know, I tell people all the time, we, we have a calling to Christians, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and you said earlier last night, you know, you're not in the call to evangelists and, but all of us will be ready in any account to give, give an account and that's to right. share the Lord and to, yeah. you know, walk through that door. But there's something that really, really, uh, I keep going about this word resonates in us that are called to the church to mm-hmm. equip the believers in their identity, in their function as a member of the body. And, uh, you know, uh, it's true that process you talk about the, and I don't like to use the word. I mean, I'm, I'm trained biblically and doctrinally enough to be dangerous. I think you've got a little bit of that yourself. Yeah. And we kind of have to resist some of these doctrinal terminologies. Uh, but, you know, I use the word positional loosely because uh-huh. I, I believe in reality. I believe yeah. I am righteous. I'm not just declared righteous. Yeah. But even in that place of mm-hmm. reality, there is the practicality mm-hmm. of that working out. That's what I hear you saying, you know, this whole yeah. thing of working out your salvation, knowing it's God mm-hmm. who is at work in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. But uh, I'm partic- I'm partnering with God in that process. Right. And I love so many of the practical things, you know, guys, I'm just getting to know Heath. This is all fresh first time for me. And I love what I'm hearing because uh, it just, my, my wife and I do a lot of this, this counseling with people, mm-hmm. you know, and these key questions, you know, where, where's the first time where, you know, where's this, where, and just having the ability and the wisdom to walk with people and journey with people in this process to bring them into a deeper place yeah. of healing, a deeper place of wholeness, mm-hmm. because, you know, God wants us to be whole. That's right. He wants us to be healed. Now we're, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we're perfect, yeah. but it just means we're, we're just a lot better off than we were. That's right. And we, we've all walked out of a lot of crap. That's right. You know? And I think to, I just love your heart and you and Stefania's heart to, to get your hands dirty in people's lives. I mean, that's the ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And to walk a journey and to also have this, I love again, equip to, to equip people, to, to equip people. You know, mm-hmm. our, our theme verse in Africa for years my spiritual father and you know us it's second timothy 2 2 mm-hmm. these things teach the faithful men who can teach others that's right and that it's, that it's that pay it forward whatever you want to call it that multiplication mm-hmm. the equipping to be equipped blessed to be a blessing you yeah. know it's it's the lord's heart mm-hmm. you know and I, I think that that really encourages me and and just to hear yeah hear that um yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to keep running with. Uh, I think the Lord will show us just now. But uh, is there anything else on your heart that out of that specifically or yeah. anything else? I remember, man, I'm guessing 15, 18 years ago I was in Africa and I was ministering on a healing line in a healing line and I uh, had this American with me. And we were at a time where we were seeing literally like nine out of every 10 people were being healed wow. almost instantly. Wow. And it was just amazing what God was doing. And almost immediately this, this young man from America came and he got offended at me <laughs> and he left the healing line pretty much shut down. And, uh, and I got so dis. I was so disappointed because 
I realized that what I had, you know, there's some things that God does give you by gifting, but I knew that this guy was called to the ministry and I believed that he could walk in what God was giving me. Mm. And he got offended and left and I got depressed for a while. And that was the first time that it hit me that if I don't reproduce what God is doing to me, then it just dies with me. Mm. And then I realized that as one man, as me, you were saying earlier, there's only so much one person, you know, their availability to be used by God. There's only so much that one person can do. Right. You know, even if you have a worldwide ministry like Billy Graham did, you know, there's still only so much that that one man can do. That's right. And that taught me that, as you're saying, that it's not just about me doing, you know, Jesus began both to teach and do Mm. in the book of Acts. That's what it says. That's right. And so Jesus, he spent those three years with those disciples because he said, I'm going to leave the earth and I want what's in me. So Mm -hmm. there is the 5,000 that sometimes you just give the 5,000 a cup of cold water. You know, you give them some fish. Maybe you preach to them. You look to bring them into the kingdom. Maybe it's more evangelism. But then you have the 70, the 12, and the 3. Right. And those are the ones that God is saying you can build with. Those are the people that God's saying, these are the people that whatever I've given you, I want you to give to them. So we're both being discipled by somebody. We're always, there's always somebody pouring into us, but at the same time, God says, now you find your mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll, you'll be fortunate enough to find your 12. Maybe you'll only find your one for some reasons. That's yeah. good. You know, Elijah yeah. had his Elisha. That was a That's pretty right. important disciple. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, I, I think I want, I don't remember if it was Charles Spurgeon, but there was some legendary, evangelist pastor teacher guy back around uh the 1800s or so they had a salvation experience and what what happened it was raining one sunday morning the pastor shows up at the church and he's the only one there it's storming and all of a sudden a little kid walks in he preaches the gospel to this one kid the kid the gets saved yeah he changed the world it might have been spurgeon or somebody like somebody that. like that yeah dl moody or somebody yeah yeah, yeah. and so that nobody knows that pastor yeah nobody knows, knows him they know the deal that's right that's but right. most people would have been said would have said you know what hey we've only got one guy here he's a kid let's go drink some coffee let's go yeah. uh i'm not against coffee in church by the <laughs> way coffee we had it you know I'm yeah, that's right drinking something right now but you just never know who you're sowing to, who yeah. you're sowing into, yeah. and you're, you know, the life of people. Jesus, he left everything, or he left everything. He left the main path, yeah, to go off to a road less on a road less traveled to see a Samaritan woman, yeah. And everybody's like, why would you go see this woman? Mm-hmm. But then that woman went and told. Everybody. everybody that she knew that's right yeah and even the one she didn't know she just told him hey yeah come see a man that's right it's so good i got a good friend i want to chase this down a little bit i got a good friend that says he's got a principle principle he lives by fellowship all mm-hmm. relate to some 
Yeah. Build with sons. Wow. Uh, let's, 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 cause I think some people will listen to this and it will encourage them. People that really, not that we, not that we differentiate, uh-huh. but not everybody's called to the quote full time ministry. That's right. You know, and go overseas and be a man that gets on a plane and goes all over God knows where for uh-huh. the sake of the gospel and the sake to equip the church, you yeah. know, you know, I, I'm all for mm-hmm. everybody being faithful where they are, yeah. but there are, there are some that mm-hmm. get that calling. Yeah. And, you know, let, let's probe down a little bit into that process of, of, of managing in our, in our own souls, how to equip, because I'm convinced, I don't know, maybe this will resonate with you. Mm-hmm. It creates a burden in me. Yeah. It's, it's something you carry. Mm-hmm. I think Paul felt it. Yeah. You know, he said, he said, all these things, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten, I've been hungry, I've been cold, I've been what? And he says, and in addition to all that, the burden of the churches. Yeah. It, what that translates to me, I wasn't like he was worried about the budget and the this and that. He's like, it's the, the people, the 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 maturity of the people was a burden to him in that he mm-hmm. wanted to see them come into maturity. Christ formed in them. Yeah. yeah. How how do we manage that process when we know that we've experienced by God's grace some measure of advancement mm-hmm. in, in our own lives? Yeah. We got places to go still. We haven't arrived. Paul says, you know, one thing I do, I forget what lies behind yeah. and I press on. So we're we're busy pressing on, right? Yeah. Personally. Yeah. But we're also walking this equipping process road with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is it discouraging? Is it, do, do we deal with uh, unrealistic expectations? I'm just trying to be like really raw and real here mm-hmm. uh, as the listener might be listening going, you know, because I think somebody, sometimes we can fall into this idealistic mode that we're going to, we're going to equip these people and it's just going to, and they're just going to go and do great things for God. And that happens some, uh-huh. but for others, it's just this process. I don't know. I don't, I just want to probe around this a little bit. Do you, have you dealt with some of that? You know, the, the word you're using ideal, the, there was one well-known leader that said that idealism can be the greatest enemy of the church. Mm. And so it's, it's, I got offended a while back. Because, uh, you know, I have a boy right now who's two. I, I was a late bloomer. I didn't get married until I was 41 years old. Wow. My boy, well, he's fixing to be three. He's about to be three. There's my Louisiana dialect came in there fixing. fixing he's about to be three. And uh, so when he was really young, we went to a restaurant, and a, and uh, a family member of mine got mad at me and said, whenever I had kids – when my baby cried, I never took him outside of the restaurant and uh, because my baby was crying and I was thinking, well, the whole restaurant's just watching my baby cry. Let me walk him outside. And so I kind of thought, well, wisdom for this moment, since everybody else was angry, I thought I need to maybe give them a, them a break, you know? Yeah. So I had a disagreement with this person on – they were very rigid and you always do this. Even if he cries, screams and yells for an hour, this is what you'll, you'll do. And so I know that whenever I left Bible school, I was in Pensacola. We had a big revival, you know, the danger of the youth 
is it can be idealism. The advantage of youth is vision and zeal. Yeah. They have great zeal. They're going to conquer the world. So we had a lot of the unfortunate thing about ministry schools is a lot of kids started 18 or 19. Now, Jesus didn't start his public ministry until he was 30. Yeah. And I've noticed now I'm 46. I've noticed that there's a lot of adults that don't really want to listen to people until they're about 30. Mm. And so I tell kids that when they get fresh out of ministry school, the best thing you can do is go to the middle of the jungle somewhere where they're, they're not, they don't really care. They're not really worried about social status and they'll listen to you. Mm. Don't expect to go to Dallas, Texas and be invited at 21 years old to go speak to every adult Yep. And don't ex- change your world. Don't necessarily expect to change the whole world mm. at 21 years old, even when you get older. But you're saying, Lord, what is my assignment? What have you called me to do? Who have you called me to invest in? I used to coach basketball at one mm. point, in addition to pastoring and ministry and traveling and all this. And a, and a famous coach said this one time that always stuck with me. She said, it doesn't matter whether you're coaching in the NBA or whether you're coaching junior high basketball. This coach said, the big time is where you're at. Yeah. And so that's what God looks at. He says, it's not what Billy Graham has called you called was called to do. It's what has he called you to do? Yeah. You know, so when I look at discipling people, there's some things you can only learn through experience. So through experience, you learn in discipleship that there's some people they're going to keep going in their journey. And then there's some people who are going to settle. Many are called, but few are chosen. That means God has a calling for everybody. That's right. But only some people keep going on the path. Now, the good thing is this, God has factored in our mistakes He's factored in when King David would fall here, when when he'd fall here. But in Acts 13, the Bible said David still, he fulfilled the will of God for his generation. Right. Even though he committed adultery, even though he killed Uriah, he did all this stuff. God factors in our stupidity and God says, I knew you'd do that, but Thank God for Romans 8. He's working out all things, not just the good things we do, but even when we mess up, he loves us so much. He says, how can I redeem this in your life? Mm. And then if we just keep going, the main thing is this, put one foot down in front of the other. Don't quit. Don't give up. There's some days that you feel like, hey, this was a great day. Great things happened. Yeah. There's some days when you're like, man, five people showed up at the church house. You're you're like the old preacher that preached to Spurgeon or whoever that kid was. You're like, he probably went home that day and and uh, he had a little prayer meeting with Jesus and he was like, Lord, I love you, but one kid showed up today. Yes, he repented, he gave his life to you, but one kid. Am I really called to do this? Do I really have favor? Mm-hmm. And then he might have even died before this kid grew up to be the man he was. Right. He might not have even saw the fruit until he 
he dies, he's with Jesus, and Jesus lets him peer in like the great cloud of witnesses. He peers into the earth, and Jesus says, you see that little boy you preached to where you thought you were bearing no fruit in the earth? You know, yeah. my grandfather was a preacher, was a pastor. My great-grandfather was a pastor. And all my life in my grandfather's church, you know, we rarely did we have above 40 members. There are a few times we had more. And that, but there were literally some some Wednesday nights, you know, Wednesday nights when the remnant would show up in a lot of churches. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've seen it where there's four or five people. But one thing stuck with me about my grandfather who died last year at like ninety five or ninety six. He was a World War II vet, stormed the beaches of Normandy, survived mm, the whole nine yards. Sure. Well, God had put endurance and perseverance in that man. Maybe through his past experiences, also that probably yep. helped. But he preached to those four or five the same way he would preach if a hundred people showed up in that little church. Yeah. You you couldn't tell in him that, hey, I'm more excited about the hundred than mm. I am the one mm. or the four or the five. Yeah. And so I was in his church until I was twenty something. Well now I've been to twenty something nations. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably days that even though my grandfather was he preached with all his heart that he probably, you know, went back to his house and he probably said to God, Lord, there's three people here. Yeah. And then the Lord would have to encourage him. Yep. And then he would come back again and it didn't yep. matter. Yeah. But he didn't know that God would send me to 20 something nations. That's right. So his fruit is your fruit is not always in what you see in the naked eye. No. Nope. You might not realize your fruit. It's like they say there's a lot of people who are respected. They're more respected after they die than while they were living. Yeah. While they were living, you know, they're not. John Wesley, you know, he was getting kicked out of churches. He finally had to go preach out in the field before he saw revival. Yeah. I think they were even getting him off street corners. I mean, this guy was just persecuted. Yeah. And finally, he's out in the open field and thousands come to hear him preach. So don't judge, you know, mm. your your ministry by rough days and bad days, yeah. and there's only one. You know, just be obedient. Yeah. If you're obedient, so good. Yeah. you'll see fruit. Yeah. So I'm going to summarize what I heard. You just say a couple of things stuck out, and it, it all started back to the question I asked about just encouraging people that are called and chosen. Mm-hmm. How do you walk that process out? And what I brought away from everything you said was two things that really encouraged me. One, trust the Lord in people's process. That's right. Guys, we, we can. that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. It's not up to us. That's right. You know, we be obedient. We do what the Lord tells us to do and leave it in the Lord's hands. You know, it's to me, it's first Corinthians. I planted Peter watered. God causes the increase. That's right. So we we're sowers. Yeah. And then the other part is, you know, just be faithful. God is faithful. Yeah. And just be faithful. Yeah. Just keep on. Yeah. You know, because it's not for us to measure the fruit. Mm-hmm. And it's not, maybe we won't see it. Maybe we will. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've all had times where we've seen it. Mm-hmm. And we rejoice in a person who really makes great advancement and goes on and does something. I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, you said something earlier too that got me thinking my brain's kind of ADD in the Lord and I kind of go all different directions. And, and one thing that came to my mind was this whole idea 
of one of my one of my mentors who I've never met. I've read his books, and he he just talks a lot about sons and fathers, and you know, and the whole point is that we come into sonship mm-hmm. so that we can really ultimately move into being fathers. That's right. You know, and and that's where that. God is going to take his sons and yes, yeah, bringing them to glory, but he's also calling them to turn around and be fathers to bring more sons to glory, mm-hmm. you know, no matter on a practical human level, you know? And yeah. so it's just that be faithful, you know? And so I love that. And, uh, yeah. So, well, that's, that's a, that's 35 minutes. I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. I don't know if there's anything else you want to close yeah, with or just something. Just right along that line, yeah. you know, Jesus' ministry, it even looked like a failure to some. He dies sure. on the cross, and they're sure. like, but he said, unless a seed first fall in the ground yeah. and die, it's not going to bring much fruit. And then the, a prophetic word in Genesis, there's seed. That's right. There's time and there's harvest. That's right. So there's that place that everything looks like it's dead to where you're humbled and you know only God can bring the increase. Mm. And so I believe that we're in a time, though, that we're entering an increase because in 2020, on the second day of the year, probably because on the first day of the year I was eating barbecue. It's probably why I didn't hear God. I just wasn't praying. (laughs) But on the second day of the year, I finally checked in with the Lord in 2020, and the Lord spoke in my ear a sentence, and he said, the latter rain is here. Mm. And the latter rain is where God is getting the harvest ready. The ground is getting ready for the harvest. So, Mm. So God is in that process of preparing the ground. And I believe that we're in a time where we're going to start seeing increase in mm. our lives Amen. and in our ministries and the things that God has called us to do. You know, the earth is being shook. And, you know, in Hebrews and Haggai, he talks about the shakings that that, that come. Well, those shakings, when they come, it makes people look up. Yeah. It makes people look up. Yeah. And so we're in that time that, they're going to be looking for answers Mm -hmm. and God has sent you and I and others, whoever who is called by his name to be his mouthpiece to say, Hey, this is, this is the answer. His name is Jesus. Yes. And so I, I I just believe we're in that time that we need to raise our expectancy Mm. for God to move because the, the, the darker it gets, the Bible says we're sin, uh, you know, bounds when it's present, you know, the grace, the light of God, the ability of God is, mm-hmm. is much more present. Amen. Amen. Wow. Good stuff. Well, we're going to go offline just now, and we're just going to keep fellowshipping over the next couple of days. Sorry we can't record it all, guys, but it's going to be rich. How, how does somebody that uh, wants to know more about Heath and Stefania Young's ministry, how do they do that? Is there a way to do that? Uh, right now, you can go to YouTube. You type in my name, and I have some sermons. Cool. And uh, you can also friend request me on Facebook. Good. Well, yeah. I know Heath just enough already to know he's the real deal. It's not all about websites and social media and wada wada it's about boots on the ground loving jesus being a father and a husband Mm -hmm. being a faithful servant of god being a called man doing what god's told him to do Mm -hmm. and so um yeah we're just grateful to be connected to them and and look forward to what the lord wants to do in the future with that but um guys so 
pray for Italy, uh, pray for the whole world, but you know, God, God's doing work in Italy and there's things happening. Uh, when you pray, you know, pray with, with, uh, discernment, wisdom, you know, there's a strong Catholic stronghold. Obviously there's a lot of spirit of religion. Uh, but we, we just trust and believe the spirit of God is greater than all that. We know he is, and he's, he's winning the hearts of people, the Italian people, passionate people, beautiful people, culturally rich people have so much to bring to the kingdom, you know? And so uh, we're praying for Italy and uh, praying for you guys. And yeah, just really grateful to have the opportunity to spend some time with you. Hey, we're glad to have you here, man. Good, good. Well, another episode on the podcast, guys. Until next time, as always, be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.